0: Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not up in the Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. It's just me in the studio today just doing the intro for you guys. We had a really exciting episode uh, with our really good friend, Kristen Sappho, who is a national and regional bodybuilding uh, competitor. She's just a good person too, a really cool person, really down to earth, very big into fitness and health. Her and I have done like 15 Tough mutters together, she's a very close friend, she even helped me uh, when I was proposing to producer Melanie. She was uh, one of the people that helped uh, with that planning process. Uh, I do want to let you guys know that uh, we did have a little bit of audio issues for the first 10-ish minutes so there are a couple of times where it sounds a little... Little wonky, but it does clear up around the 13 ish minute mark, so it doesn't last for the entire episode. Sorry about that. But I also wanted to say that today's episode is brought to you by Neil Getzlow and his book, Unmasked Conquering Sexual Sin and Walking in Victory. If you guys have been following us for a while, you know that we're very big supporters of Neil and his book. If you guys go onto our website, you'll find our brand new review for it. It's the review that I wrote for the book after finishing it, and you know, it's It was really impactful and just a powerful read, so I highly recommend it to all you guys. If you guys want to hear a little bit more about Neil and his story, his story involves addiction and blackmail and just taking off his mask and making himself into a better person and a better husband. So you can go onto our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find a link for Neil and his uh, book if you enter the code in. Uh, the code box when you guys are checking it out you get free shipping on any of your orders as a thank you from us You can also find his website neil getzlo, That's G E T Z L O W That's getzlo There you will find links to all of his information how to contact him how to read his story how to re- get his book and just learn a little bit More about him. So again, that's code free ship at checkout, and that's neil Getzlow g-e-t-z-l-o-w Dot-com and after a quick break. We're gonna jump right into our interview with Kristen Sappho Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you guys listen to podcasts. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me in the studio today is producer Melanie. Melanie, how are you today?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Paul.
0: You're doing pretty good.
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad to hear. We're really excited because uh, we have somebody else in the studio with us today, in key- or via Zoom, I guess, because you know, now yeah. it's not in the studio anymore. But we have a very close friend here with us today. Uh, we've run do- like a dozen tough mutters together. We've known each other for years. Fitness has always kind of been like the thing that we connected on, and uh, that's Miss Kristen Savo. Kristen, how are you today?
2: Hey guys, what's going on? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, can't We're good, complain. Good,
1: excited. Excited to have you here.
0: We worked out yesterday just so we could talk to you today. <laughs>
1: oh, this is great. I love to hear it.
0: <laughs> so, Kristen, you are a national competitor. In the bodybuilding circuit, and uh, obviously, like we said, very close friends of us, we've we've done tough mutters for you know. It's it's crazy to think where where we started with tough mutter, like just trudging through the mud, like just miserable, to where you are now, especially. It, it's really inspirational. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, it's crazy to think. Like I feel like doing the tough mutters is kind of what got me into working out because I started them even before I started lifting because it was one of those like, Hey, my friends are doing one. I'm going to try to do it too. So after doing a few, you're kind of like, all right, I want to get into better shape. Like I don't want to be on the course all day. I want to do more obstacles. So that kind of pushed me to get into the gym and start training. And then once I fell in love with training, it kind of became, all right, well, what else can I do? Like going to the gym is fun, but I feel like I've maxed out my knowledge of working out and nutrition. So that's where a coach came in and I hired my first coach with the idea that I wanted to compete and then fell in love with the training process and tracking my food that I decided that I had to need stage. Worked with her for a little while and then went out and did my own thing. I felt like I plateaued once again and hired a different coach. And my coach that I'm currently working with now, Jordan Lee, who is part of Fit Body Fusion, I hired as a lifestyle coach. So I had no desire to step on the stage. I just wanted to build my body up some more, learn how to train a little bit better. And then after working with her for several months, the conversation of, hey, have you ever considered competing came up? And I was like, yeah, no, I don't know. So I actually had gotten sponsored by a gym in the Bronx. This was February, 2020, found a gym that wanted to sponsor me for my first show and the world shut down. Oh, yeah, yeah. That went out the window, but I continued training. I actually went down to Georgia for a few weeks to be in a gym at that time.
0: Those are some of our favorite Snapchats. Like I think Mel and I were sitting in the house and I think one of us got like a streak from you or a Snapchat from you and we're like, is she in fucking Georgia right now?
2: Yeah, I actually think I had FaceTime with Mel while I I was down there.
1: Yeah, that was a fun conversation. That was a very fun (laughs) conversation.
2: We did take that with each other, but yeah, Georgia happened, which was pretty cool. I actually fell in love with Georgia. I would love to go back down there, but yeah, gyms opened up here. I lost some of the weight I had gained during quarantine, just out of like, we kept my diet super high and I was doing at home workouts, which was great, but there's going to be weight that was gained. And then we decided to go into my first prep last February. We're going up to Valentine's Day. I started prepping. We started then, and I staged the stage for the first time the first weekend of June in Jersey.
1: That's correct. So
2: I did that show, placed top five in my class, which qualified me for nationals. And then a few weeks later, I placed top ten at my first national show, which was pretty cool.
0: That's but, incredible, so, especially like for your first your first set of shows to yeah. to jump in and really
2: yeah. Do I didn't even like. Nationals wasn't a thought in my mind. I remember being a few weeks out from my first show, and my coach was like, "All right, what's your schedule like for nationals." And I was like, "What?" She was like, "Yeah, there's a national show the first weekend of July. Like, you're gonna do it." And I was like, "I didn't even step on stage yet." And she was like, "Yeah, no, like you're you're gonna qualify. Like, you're you're gonna do a national show." So it was just like I remember like sitting there and like at that point, in practice, like my energy was low. I was my emotions were like a roller coaster. And I just remember being like, what are you like? We're talking about a big show now. Like I didn't even think like I would do more than one show this year, let alone like be prepping for something even bigger. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was not something I was anticipating happening and it happened pretty fast.
0: That's, it, again, like I, I hate to keep saying like how crazy it was, but like for, for you and me especially, you and I were, I don't want to say notorious, but we were well known that during Tough mutters, we would suddenly just be gone and be like halfway done with the race. And, you know, it, it's great to hear, like, it's great to watch your journey being like somebody that was with you during parts of it. And I, you know, Mel and I were sitting at home. I remember sitting at home going, is doing her
1: competition. And we're like texting. We're like, yeah, like, you know, for. We were trying to find links so that we could like watch it. Live, and we're yeah, like, oh, that's the, the
2: bad thing. They don't stream all of them. I know my universe, the the national competition I did, MPC Universe. They had streamed that one, and like you had to pay for it. But a lot of times, these regional shows, they don't stream. They don't want anyone doing like live video of because mm-hmm. they want people there. They wanna they wanna make as much money as they can because they sell tickets for pre judging, which is the first half of the show, and they sell tickets for finals, which is the second half of the show. So that's really mm-hmm. how they how they get you. But yeah, you guys have been there for for like all of it. I mean, I was disappointed. I didn't even run the mud, the first motor that you did, Mel. I mean, I was there supporting and watching.
1: But I think it you was were, you were sick though. Me. Wasn't it? was sick- just too
2: cold for me that day. It was yeah. like I had finally gotten to the point where in the beginning I didn't care what the weather was like when I would run. But then as I've gotten used to like my body and I knew just like I was going like I was home over for like three days after doing that race. So yeah, no, you guys have been there. I mean, Paul, the first one I did, I I don't even know how I survived that race. And then, yeah, the last few we did, we, we finished a little early.
1: And got in trouble with the rest of the team.
0: <laughs> got yelled at by the rest <laughs> of our team for for going to get changed. The worst was you and I finished. I don't remember which race it was, but we finished. And we were waiting. We are like, screw this. And we went and got changed and showered and came back. They're like, you guys missed us at the line. And they were mad. And I, we were like, uh
2: What? I think that was that was New Hampshire.
0: Yeah, something like that. That
2: was oh that that course was awful. That was the mountain. Yes. I was
1: gonna ask was that the mountain one? Because I know you guys have run so many. You you would travel with your group. So like you would travel out of yeah. state. It's not like you would just stick to the local races and everything like that. Where was the furthest one you guys went to?
0: Virginia Virginia? Yeah.
1: Virginia. that was also i felt like i was like in peak condition i always prefer to
2: virginia as like my favorite race because i was able like to do the most there but virginia was just a fun weekend like i had never been there before we rented the van we drove down we had we had a really good time
0: that was a, that was an interesting drive down,
2: it was a lot of fun.
0: oh god because we kept we were all drinking in the backseat and you know, Corey was like, "Don't drink in the back seat until you get to Delaware, because apparently in Delaware it's totally legal yeah. and totally kosher." But we're like, "Oh, we're in Delaware right now. we were in like not even out of New York. We we're yet. in
2: Jersey. We got stuck in Jersey. That was the issue. We hit that Jersey traffic." And I'm sorry for anyone listening from Jersey, but like driving through Jersey is god awful. And it was just one of those things where you had to make it as terrible as you could, and the result was tequila.
0: Oh yeah, and you know, so by we- the time we got
2: to Delaware, we were. We shouldn't have been in
0: the restaurant. <laughs> I don't even remember the restaurant. Exactly. I don't
2: think, yeah.
0: Well, it's funny because like, fun when we do Tough mutters, we do a lot of actual prep for them. Like, you know, we we bring the duct tape now for our shoes. And people are like, why do you have duct tape? So We don't lose our shoes. Like little things that we just, over the course of, of doing 15, 20 of these things, you know, our, our team leader, Corey, she's done like
2: 30 or something ridiculous oh yeah they've done a lot Mm -hmm. they really travel for them they've gone all over
0: yeah so like when mel and i when mel was doing her first one and she would see me like packing certain things she's like why are you bringing this why are you bringing that i'm like oh you know it's for this it's for that you know we bring things like uh tiger bomb basset band-aids like little things so like afterwards you're not completely flip-flops that was the biggest thing like bringing a change of shoes afterwards so yeah Yeah,
1: the duct tape for me i remember you watching you put that in your bag and i'm like what did I sign on for? Am I getting murdered? Like, what is what is happening here? And yeah, you're it's like these
2: silly little things that you, and I mean, getting your nails done. So as much as that was yes, like, that up, me.
1: I <laughs> get my
2: nails done before every mutter I always have because they're thicker. And when you hit your hand on things, you don't want your nails breaking super low. So that actually wasn't a lie. I did always get my nails done before a race because I would just, I don't know. I'm a bit of a spaz. I'm not that coordinated. So like, if you ever see me on the course, like I'm flopping and falling all over the place. I get through <laughs> everything, but I, it's not pretty. And yeah, the getting the nails done was something that I learned was helpful after breaking my nail super low one race.
0: So for people who are wondering why we bring that up, it's because I had planned on, on proposing to Melanie at the Tough Mudder and she you know obviously like a lot of couples we talked about a proposal and like you know getting married at some point point. and she specifically said you better make sure my nails are done beforehand so i could take mm-hmm. pictures so i was like well shit there goes my entire plan so yeah. i reached out to Kristen and mm-hmm. i said "Kristen, tell her she needs to get her nails done before a race tell her it's some sort of secret like tough mutter thing and and she actually did so it it worked out
1: it did i only broke two of them
0: not a ring finger one though right
1: I don't think so. Oh, thank no. God. I think, I think only one finger on my left hand like was messed up.
0: Oh, thank which God. Which is pretty good. Yeah, that's a, and that was your first race ever.
1: Yeah, it was fun.
0: The second one just didn't have as much oomph at the end, huh? I know.
1: I was expecting more at the end, but, you know.
0: Well, it's funny because, you know, Kristen and I have done races where there's like three or four of us, and there's 15 or 20 of us, and they're always a great time, but obviously it, it really depends. And I think for... My last race, I was not fizzing, feeling physically fit. Like my last race mm-hmm. was, yeah, you know, same. we had a lot of things going on just at the house. I was going back to the school, and just it was just like a bad time. And I remember just not feeling good during it. So, you know, like, and and Kristen can can attest to this. We've had a lot of races where we've done them, and we don't feel a certain way out or we feel a certain way afterwards. And it's like, well, that wasn't my best.
2: Yeah, they, it becomes like a personal challenge if anything because whoever has run a tough one or even if you haven't they're not like a spartan race where you're doing it for a time and they're individualized they're they're a team building activity so it becomes more of an individual approach where it's like all right last time i was able to get through five obstacles my goal for this time is to get through six or seven or if mm-hmm. there's one that you didn't do as well and you want to do better next time so you do leave with a level of satisfaction or disappointment at the end of the race not because like you didn't your time but just you had your own goal in your head of what you wanted to accomplish and how you did at the end of the race. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Did you so?
0: So for you going into competitions, your very first competitions, did you bring that kind of mindset in with you? Like, what was your your thought process going into your very first show?
2: So, my very first show last year. Let me backtrack. I started a new job last year. I started teaching first grade, self-contained special education. I decided to go back for my school administration degree, and then I decided to take it on the prep. So I had said to myself at the beginning of prep, "If I cannot give this 120%, I'm not going through the show. So I gave it 120%. And I wasn't necessarily looking for a placing, obviously I wanted to do while well. I wasn't going out there not to be competitive, but I wanted to say that when I stepped on the stage regardless of how I placed, I gave my workout, I didn't miss anything that everything was in my control and I did the best of my ability and that's how I felt when I was ready I felt ready right. I felt ready to step on stage and I think that was the biggest thing because you go into it and I was so nervous when I told my coach like we picked out a show I was like oh my god what did I just agree to this is going to be awful like I don't even know what I'm getting myself into and I guess like the unknown is exciting but mm-hmm. like all right, so yeah, leading up to the show, like actually when I first committed to the show, I dreamt that everything would that could go wrong, like would go wrong on show day. I would forget my suit, my heels would break, I would forget my posing routine on stage, like I wouldn't remember what side to pose on. And thankfully, all of that was just, I guess, nerves of the unexpected, because mm-hmm. by the time that it got closer to the show, I just remember being like, Oh, I wish it was tomorrow. Like I'm ready to step on stage. Like aside from just being hungry and tired and super depleted, I just felt so ready. Like my coach really did everything she could to prepare me to step on stage. And I I'm so thankful to be working with someone so knowledgeable in the sport that definitely helps with any worries or fears that I have, because I know she wouldn't put me on stage, not ready. And that definitely makes a big, big difference because there are a lot of coaches in the industry that will put girls on stage just to say, Oh yeah, I had all these girls compete this year. And like, this is who I put on stage. They wanted to go on stage this day. So I put them on stage this day. Like my coach is not about that. She is a no nonsense kind of person. Um, She's an Olympian athlete herself. She's competed in the Olympia the last several years. She actually qualified twice for next year. And I just like trust her with everything and anything. And that's why I even started competing because she just made me feel so comfortable and confident in myself and in her coaching abilities that I was like, all right, now, now's the time to try to do this. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what were some things that you were not, that you didn't know would be expected? Like what were some of the surprises? And cause a lot of people think it's just, all right, I get really shredded and I go up on stage and you know, I pose and what were some of the unexpected <laughs> things about competing that you would never even thought of?
2: So I guess the level of tiredness that you feel. I knew I was going to feel hungry, but hunger wasn't even like that, that was manageable. It was the level of exhaustion. So I started prep. This is my own personal weight. I started prep a little over 130. By the time I stepped on stage, I was down to like 115, 116. Oh wow. So wow. that is very low. To put in reference, I'm five, five and a half. So I'm a little bit taller in the competitive field. But that's a lot of weight to have lost. So once I dropped below 120, I felt like I had cement blocks tied to my ankles. Just like even getting up to like use the bathroom. I'm like, I have to walk up a flight of stairs right now. Like, so the level of exhaustion was something that I wasn't expecting. I knew I'd be tired, but that was like, then it became a mental game. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm tired, but like I have this many weeks left. Like I'm going to get through my workout. So like your mental state really pushes you through prep. And I th- think honestly post-show like coming out of competing at universe was not what I was expecting I thought prep was going to be challenging but reversing out of prep was 10 times more difficult and that was what I was not mentally or physically prepared for
0: so so what happens after a show like I mean a lot of people myself included would just assume all right time to go have some pizza and take a week off and see where we go from there
1: well your body can't handle that right like after you've been right resisting for so long and and prepping I would assume like
2: so, post-show my coach get, gave me a free meal she said go out and enjoy yourself eat whatever you want afterwards and even that weekend it was like all right you get an untracked weekend
1: is that and when you like, had those donuts that you posted about oh, those yeah.
2: donuts The donuts and sushi were post-show. Yeah. Yeah, Then we found a really great donut place in Charleston and (laughs) we went in and then there was also a milkshake involved, but so eating (laughs) after the show is great. Like you're so hungry. It's such a long day. I mean, I think for, I was up at 4am to get my hair and makeup done and then I didn't finally leave the venue until probably nine 30. Wow. So it's very long day because Mm -hmm. bikini is such a big division, but it's not just bikini competing. And then you have pre-judging and then you have finals. So it's a very long event. And I'm class E, which is towards the end of bikini because I'm taller. So I don't get that break really between pre-judging and finals because I'm done. There's like, I think we went into H. There's a few classes after me. Mm -hmm. And then they start finals. So like, there's no downtime. So the food afterwards is great, but you are such a robot during prep. Like everything is so calculated and measured out. And you're told like, This is how much you're eating. Like, this is how much cardio you're doing. This is how much working out you're doing. And then you're given these free days. And you're like, how do I behave in society? It's like, (laughs) I I can eat whatever I want. Like, I don't even know where to begin. So, like, there's that mental adjustment from being in such robot mode to having some freedom. But then it's also like, all right, I'm not prepping for something coming up like you're reversing. And as far as I'm concerned, the building portion of prep, like what people call the off season really isn't an off season. That's the most important part. That's where you're, you're building everything you need for prep, but it's less structured. You do have more flexibility and my hunger hormones are all thrown off. Like I could have gone out to eat and I could have eaten probably five different dinners and not felt full. And that's like a big thing that my coach was great with my reverse. She was patient with me. She talked me through everything, but a lot of times people compete and they drop their coach after a show Mm -hmm. and they'll gain like 20 plus pounds in a week because you don't understand that your fault. You don't understand when to stop eating. You don't understand what certain foods are going to do to your body. It's like you become that unsupervised child at a birthday party where you just want to eat everything and anything and not go to the gym. And like, Thankfully, my drive to work out never disappeared. A lot of times people really do need a break from training, which I totally understand. But I think just having food in me, I was like, yes, I can lift heavy again. Like this is exciting. But it was really just adjusting to the staying on track with counting my macros again and not going too far off. So my goal for this upcoming season is to have a cleaner reverse when I am done prepping. And to not let my mind get the best of me after a show, and like not sit down with a family-sized bag of pretzels and eat all of them. Like, <laughs> not necessary. I'm not that hungry, but my body's like, yeah, keep chewing. This is great. We're eating. So I think really post-show was the biggest biggest surprise for me. Just like what that was going to entail, because you kind of feel like lost. Like, mm-hmm. okay, there's no show coming up. Like, I can eat more food. Like, go out and do things. It's like you become a, a normal human again but then it balances out. It takes a few weeks, but then it really does balance out. And then you feel like you're yourself again, but that's definitely the most challenging part. Prep was easy in comparison to reversing.
0: Now I'll, I'll mention my most challenging. I don't compete or anything, but like fitness has always been something that I've, I've been really heavily into. Again, it's, it's a big thing that you and I, Kristen, we became friends over because, you know, we, we bonded after the Tough mutters, we both kind of were like, Hey, we, let's let's work out more. Let's train more. And obviously, you took it one direction. I took it a different. Direction. For me, my biggest challenge is is food. Food is my 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 weakness, my issue. I I can work out for two three hours a day and be the happiest guy. But then when it comes time to like, all right, well, you got to measure this out. I'm like, Get, no, I don't. It's just I'm hungry. <laughs> so, what advice do you have for people that are trying? Because you know, I you and I are friends on social media, and you're constantly posting your food. Like, I'm making this. I'm doing this. I'm measuring this, and Mel and I are always sitting there going, man, we should do that. And then we don't. And we and take out the air just fryer. It's so
1: delicious. Yeah. Like even things that I normally wouldn't eat. I'm like, oh yeah. And like check out the seat, like Trader Joe's, like all the all the seasonings that you get from Trader Joe's. I'm like, yeah. man, I gotta just I gotta link up with her and just go to Trader Joe's and be like, Teach me. Teach me all the things. <laughs> so, I think what you just
2: said is everyone's biggest issue. It's you want to take on too much all at one time, Mm -hmm. how you're like, all right, I should track this, but like, I enjoy eating too much. And you think of it as being restrictive. Whereas for me, I am eating so much more food now than when I started working with my coach, like probably double the amount of calories when I, from when I first started working with her, because I learned how to eat properly and give my body what it really needs to be successful when I'm working out. Mm -hmm. So this time of year, you see people signing up for the gym who have never gone to the gym before deciding to go on a diet that they've never attempted before. And it lasts a few weeks and then it's out the window because people go from zero to a hundred, all gas, no breaks. And then are like, well, why is, why am I not sustaining this? Because that's not, that's not their lifestyle. It took a while for me to get here. I'm trying to think when I first started working with my last coach or even going to the gym, when did we start doing tough runners? Like 2014, 2013. Yeah. So yeah. oh, wow. it's been almost a decade of me going to the gym and being into working out. I mean, I played sports growing up, so I do have that like athletic background and drive. But I really think to get back to your question that people try to take on too much all at one time instead of doing it gradually where it's like, all right let me just start by incorporating more protein into my diet. And 90% of the time, that's what people need to do because protein's the most filling. It's going to keep you full throughout the day. It's not going to be converted into fat and be stored in your body. It's it's what people really need to do. So I think it's just learning how to take those small steps to work your way up to either counting macros or measuring out your food, because you can't see your nutrition as something that's going to be restrictive to what you enjoy doing. You have to make it something that you enjoy. So measuring food is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, personally while I'm competing and while I'm doing this lifestyle, yeah, I'll be measuring my food, but it's also gotten to the point where I can eyeball a portion and that's what I should be eating. Like I can do it without the scale. I have the scale there, but I know when to stop pouring. I know when to stop scooping. Like you just learn what your body really needs in portion sizes I guess without being restrictive because like this this time of the year when I'm not prepping for a show I'm going out to eat you know enjoying a burger and a milkshake and like all those fun things that like people enjoy doing just in moderation and I think that's what people have to understand that you cannot be a robot with your diet you cannot try to eat foods you don't enjoy eating because you're not going to stick with it. Mm -hmm.
0: Now what about you Melanie? You're a you're a an athletic female. Any thoughts yeah. perspective on uh come on, this is like your chance to really is, pick Kristen's brain. It is my brain. jam and I've
1: been talking about this for like years now. Um okay, so I, you know, I used to be a dancer. I was very active, so I have that like competitive nature kind of like embedded in my brain, which, you know, everyone gets from like sports if you're an athlete, you know, when you're younger, like you have that drive. Do you feel like that was a big pull for you for competitions like once you started getting in, like were you able to tap into that like old athletic mindset? Like I and it's not so much like I'm gonna I'm gonna do better than them, but like I need to do my personal best. Like you guys talked about it for Tough Mudders too. Like comparing it to you know last the last one I did like maybe five obstacles. Like now I'm gonna do like six or seven or eight or anything like that. Like did you feel like having that mentality when you were younger was was kind of beneficial for you for going through these competitions. Oh, absolutely. Um,
2: I kind of had that mentality in all aspects of life. That's just who I am. I'm a very competitive person. I want to be the best at whatever I'm doing. And I know Paul and I, we would joke and say we're not going to half ass things. Like if I can't full use ass. my full ass, I'm not doing it. Like full that ass. that's always been our, our <laughs> thing that. to get through just like when we're struggling, we'll be like, all right, gotta use your full ass. We can't half ass this. So I have that mentality in all aspects. Like I'm not going to do something that I'm not going to be able to give my all to. Mm -hmm. And if I can't give my all to it, I'm going to figure out why, like Mm -hmm. what's holding me back. So yeah, I do have that competitive drive that I've had since I was a little kid being coached by my dad out on that T-ball field or on the basketball court. Like I'm a very competitive person in nature. And I think you need to go into something knowing what you want out of it. Are you stepping on stage or are you doing something just as a bucket list to say you did it or are you going to do it to be competitive at it? And I think people need to figure out their purpose going into something, whether it's just going back to the gym, whether it's signing up for something new with that mindset already. Like, am I doing this just for fun or am I doing it because I want to be competitive? And everyone needs to have a why. I think that that's what it comes down to. Even if it's just starting to go to the gym, what is your purpose? What is your why? Like, why are you doing this? Because you're not always going to be motivated. That's the thing. Motivation is an emotion. it's like being happy. It's like being sad. It's like being tired. It comes, it goes. But you, when you have a strong reason as to why you're doing something and you're driven and dedicated, that's what's going to carry you through whatever you're, you're setting out to do.
0: That That's very, awesome. Yeah, that was really inspirational. Like, uh, yeah, it's funny. Cause like Chris and I have always chatted, but like to like really like see her in her zone, talking about something that she's obviously very passionate about. It's a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Not just who's getting the next shot of tequila at the tough Mutter Christmas party.
2: <laughs> see, it's funny how that changed. Like I I turned in my shot glass for my hydro jog. Like who would have thought that would ever happen? <laughs> well,
0: you know, it's funny. Like we always talk about when we do tough Mudders. our team used to be humongous. And over the course of the time, it, it, it got smaller and obviously COVID didn't help with anything with that stuff. And then it turned into like two separate teams in the team where there was like the the more athletic team wanted to go and, and kind of push. The others like just wanted to kind of run the race and have fun. But at the end of the day, like it's still something we all have fun doing and we all enjoy like the experience. It does suck, you know, where we're at, you know, nowadays with, with COVID and with, you know, Tough Mudder, I think, got bought by Spartan Race. So you know, they kind of hit their heyday. So it's sad sometimes to think about how we had some of our best memories running through the mud and now we're just kind of like, well, well, now what? It sucks.
2: Oh, it's like, you just, I know. I think about that too because I haven't even run a race in a while. It's been a few years since I when I don't even know the last one I did. It's been a while. I think it was a Tough Mudder that we finished and then I made you do the, the 5K after. Oh. <laughs> yeah, all these years later but that was the last one I did that was several years ago um but yeah it's crazy to think how like this this comes in in waves I can't wait to see what the next thing we take out is gonna be I know we did a Spartan a few years ago so maybe that will be back in our future again
0: yeah Spartan was a lot of fun with uh we doing City Field
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, the city field one was fun. I don't know, like in, in all honesty, I I miss it though. I really do miss just running through the mud. Our long weekends, like getting kicked out of hotels because we brought the the pool furniture in, and oh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we have some weird stories from Tough Mudder. Some weird, weird stories. I think
2: that's I think that's why I stuck with it as long as I did. Like I did my first one not knowing what to expect, mm-hmm. and then it'd be all right. Well, I did one. I want to do two, and then I finished with 10. my I, I've done 10 and a half and the 5k, but I think it was my love for spending time with the team and bonding with you guys and just hanging out together. That's the reason I stuck with it because if it wasn't that group of people who, I mean, I gained a whole new friend group because mm-hmm. of those races. And I mean, I got to go to your wedding. We have other friends in the group that are getting married. Like, it's just crazy to think that that race, which is something that a few different friend groups somehow got joined together by some mutual friends, like it turned into such a good group that we still all get together, like at least once a year, if not more. And that's the reason I stuck with it. It wasn't because of like running through the mud, like, yeah, that was fun, but it's because of the people I was with on the course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that says a lot about. When you're trying to set out to accomplish something or something you enjoy doing, having the right group of people there with you really does make or break what you're trying to do in life.
0: Right. I mean, like even like you you have sometimes a very restrictive diet. I know I've I am sometimes a pain in the butt with diet stuff too, as my wife will will attest. What? Yep. <laughs> but like there no, there it's, were times it's structure. It, I wouldn't
1: say restrictive. Yeah. Like
0: but structured. I still I still remember the time at the sophomore Christmas party that they all wanted to get KFC. And you and I both had our own little Tupperwares of food, but we were still hungry and we tried like one or two pieces. of K- I got so sick that night just from putting KFC into my body. I was like, it was rough. So yeah. like, other people would have given us grief about it the whole time. Like if we were to pull out a, a Tupperware of food at like a family dinner, I'm sure there's like going to be one or two family members, you know, old school Italian, especially on my side. that are just like, what are you doing?
2: I think uh, it's funny that you bring that up. I think going into competing, that was, that might actually have been my biggest fear and concern was how my family was going to react to my decision because I grew up in an Italian household. Like, what do you mean you're not eating my chicken Do You don't like my cooking? Like I would hear that just when I didn't want to eat a meal that my mom was making just, you know, in, in life, like, okay, I'm going to bring my own food because I already ate out once this week and I'm trying to be good. So I was, I was concerned that when prep started, like that was going to be an issue, but I actually think I spent more time with my family during prep because they made me feel so comfortable Mm -hmm. with what I was doing. And it made me okay with being around food. And I know like for my boyfriend competes as well. And I know for him, if there was an event going on that there was going to be food at for him, it was mentally a lot more challenging and granted like a male bodybuilder versus a female bodybuilder. He had to drop a lot more weight and his hunger was a lot worse than mine, mm-hmm. but it just, the group of people I'm telling you, your, your support system really makes such a difference. Like I would bring my Tupperware, I'd bring a tuna steak, I'd bring whatever I was eating. My dad would cook it for me. Like I was included in holidays, family dinners. And I mean, COVID helped too, cause we really weren't going out to dinner. So everyone was forced to be home. But they made me feel super comfortable. And the same thing with our friend group. They might be like, oh, you're eating grilled chicken. But it's never like like demoralizing or like to make fun of you. It's just like the joke. Oh, Kristen's bringing her Tupperware. Oh, Paul's, Paul's eating clean today. Like it's just one of those things where they just support you and whatever you're doing. And it does make a difference. But you also need to want it to. Because if you were to sit there and like sulk over what you were eating or you show that you were feeling uncomfortable, like then you kind of become more of an easy target. So you have to be confident in your decision and be like, yeah, I'm eating grilled chicken and rice and wait, just see how good I'm going to look in a few weeks. Like it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, we definitely have a great support group and food is a big part of life. And you know, it takes, people don't understand it.
0: Yeah. As long as you don't touch uh, Sean's Mac and cheese, you're good.
2: Oh, I know. I, I wish he was on here right now. That cool. one gets so mad about food before, but it's become a good running joke for how many years
0: now? Best joke. So for those of you guys who don't know, we, after every Tough mutter, we usually hang out in the Tough mutter village and we, we eat and we drink. We, you know, we, we, get a couple of beers, we'll, we'll eat whatever's available. It's usually food trucks. And Sean had got the most delicious looking mac and cheese of all time. Like it literally, and everything's better after a Tough mutter. Like, cause you know, really it's just the carbs and all that stuff, just putting into your body, refueling, but it's also cause you earned it. <laughs> you earned the beer at the end. <laughs> I paid $300 for this beer, but, and Sean, I don't know if Sean left it unattended or he, he went to go get napkins or something and he came back and our friend Christina had ate the whole thing. And she's like, I thought, I thought it was for me. Cause I think he offered her a bite and then walked away for a second. So,
2: yeah. And that I, you know what, honestly, that was probably the best food we had after a Tough or two. like this, this barbecue food truck that was at this venue. I see, I, I remember it very vividly. It was delicious. But yeah, he had said, yeah, you could have some. And it turned into, oh, I'm going to eat the whole thing. And he was not happy because there was no more mac and cheese left in that truck after.
0: It was a a bad day for Sean. Bad day for Sean. Poor Sean. But uh, so speaking of uh, food and after workout stuff, you do so many supplements. You have a very strong supplement game going on. Like For me- I found myself relying too much on supplements, and now that I've kind of taken a little bit of a step back, I still do some of my my supplements that I that I love doing every day. But also being more aware of food and stuff like that made it a little bit easier for me, and I've kind of changed up the lifestyle because I found myself spending like three hundred dollars on supplements a month. So, what about for you? What kind of supplements do you do you swear by? Do you do you support? Do you? I know, I know you. I see uh, your codes and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: So I think oh goodness gracious I'm so sorry guys that's okay it's okay it's my school calling on a Sunday so I think that's the biggest problem that people have is especially with social media everyone's promoting some kind of supplement or product that's going to help with this it's going to help with that I actually don't take so many supplements I try to get most of my nutrition from whole foods I do take vitamins. I do all those basic things and I'll kind of go through like what that looks like. But I will say that there are so many products on the market right now for every little thing that are just not necessary. They're so gimmicky and it's so easy to fall down that hole. Like you just said, spending $300 a month on supplements, because the way they're advertised, you see someone using it, it sounds appealing. It's going to help with this, but like nine times out of 10, you don't need help with that. Like you have a body, you have a liver, like you don't need a detox tea. You don't need a juice cleanse. Mm-hmm. Like your, your organs will take care of all of that for you. So after doing the national show in South Carolina, over the summer, I reached out to a supplement company NG Nutra and I actually became a sponsored athlete. So all of my supplements that I use are from NG Nutra and I shop around for supplements. I try a bunch of different products before I'm going to promote something. As you said, I have different codes on my Instagram, but I'm very particular with what I am going to share with other people. And I'm not going to share something that I don't believe in is not science fact, and I'm not using myself. So as far as NG Nutris products go, I... I love pre workout. It's it's bad. My caffeine, you know, I don't drink a ton of coffee throughout the day, but a pre workout, especially during prep, I need that kick in the butt to get there. So I do take a pre workout, and in my pre workout, I mix in glutamine, which I is marketed as something to help with muscle enhancement. But I personally like it because of the GI benefits. I think it helps keep your digestion in track. So that's the reason I add it into my pre-workout. I do occasionally use protein powder, but I get my protein from Whole Foods. I eat a lot of eggs, egg whites, chicken, ground beef. So I will use a protein powder. But when you're looking at protein powders, you want to make sure that they're not filled with a ton of fillers and artificial sweeteners. So my thing is just always read the back of the label. And if there are too many products that you don't know what they are, or you can't pronounce it's garbage. Don't put that in your body. I will take creatine, which is something that people are like, Oh, females take creatine creatine has been on the market for, I can't even tell you how long, and it has so many great proponents to it when it comes to muscle building. So even as a female taking creatine, is not going to make you bulky or blocky. It's just going to help with that muscle building that you're trying to do. And then I take vitamins, you know, multivitamin, vitamin B for energy, zinc, C, D for my immune support and omega, but I keep it pretty basic and digestive enzymes. That's the one other thing that I will say I do take, especially during prep, I am very on top of taking them because they just help break down your food a little bit better and make sure your body's really absorbing the nutrients that it should be from the food you're eating. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of products out there and it can be very confusing and Social media is so wonderful with advertising, all these great things, but it's also the downfall of a lot of people's fitness journeys because there's too much out there and you don't know what is reputable, what is not reputable, like what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. So Mm -hmm. don't fall down those gimmicky holes.
1: Sorry to cut you off, Kristen. Yeah. Uh, But do you find that you have to switch up your supplements or your pre-workout or you know anything like that because your body kind of gets used to it or do you feel like you know it, it just works better to stay consistently with one
2: people do develop a tolerance to pre-workout I generally don't switch it up I've been using the same ones now since the summer and they have a few different ones in their line. So there's one that's a little bit more powerful, a little bit less powerful. So depending on my workout will be the one that I choose for that day or how much energy I need. But I mean, it is always good to cycle off of a product. They say generally to take pre-workout for about three to four weeks and take a few days off. I'm not good with following that. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you. Like my rest days are off from pre-workout. Like that's that's what it comes down to. But I do, I do determine the dosage I'm going to take based on my energy levels. I won't just do like a heaping scoop on a day that like, I feel well rested, like sleep is honestly the best pre workout. So depending on how I'm feeling that day will depend on how much I ingest, but mm. I do like to keep my supplements consistent. I don't like switching them up, which is why I'm happy. I found the company that I did because now I really get all my products from one place and I'm not out searching and trying
1: mm-hmm. new things. Mm-hmm. Now what about? Sorry, no, don't now, now all the questions are rolling Love in. Love it. So I know when I was training for the Spartan race, you know, I used a program that Paul has on his phone. Um, Which one? Uh, beach Beachbody. Oh yeah. But it was it was a program on there. So for someone who's never done any lifting before, like dance was dance was my exercise, and that's how I stayed fit, and that was my cardio. That was just everything all in one for me. So. Training for this, it was okay, well, I'm lifting weights now, like I need to try some stuff. I saw a lot of people, again on social media, good and bad, but I saw a lot of people saying that if you just dry scoop your pre workout and you drink it like that, and then you take a swig of water, it absorbs in your body better. Is that something that, that is you've ever that
2: is so bad for you to yes. ingest that much mm-hmm. at one time? Like mm-hmm. I've seen that dry scooping trends on pre-workout, the pre-workout trend on social media too. And I'm just like, put it in the water. The directions say to mix with water for a reason. Put it in that Mm -hmm. eight ounces of water and drink it. Don't dry scoop because knowing me, I tried that. I did it once. I've taken pre-workout dry once. And that is because I forgot my shaker bottle
0: Mm.
2: at home. And I was 20 minutes away from the gym. And I said, oh my God, I didn't take my pre-workout. Either wait to get to the parking lot, go inside, see if they have a cup or a shaker bottle. And then now my workout's going to be pushed back another 20 minutes or dry scoop it. And I I don't get it. It's like, I think I spit powder everywhere. Yeah. So the dry scoop thing, I don't think it necessarily gets in your system better. I think people think that they look cool doing it. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the Instagram workouts that you see, people think that they look cool doing, but they're not effective. Just just use the machine the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But like something else you just said, you see so many different things on social media. And as someone who's trying to start lifting, it's like, it becomes very overwhelming. Like you go to the gym for the first time and there's all these machines and you're like, "Yes, now what? Or like you mm-hmm. follow all these fitness influencers and they're doing 10,000 different workouts a week. And it's, keep it simple. My training programs that I do with my coach generally last at least four months. I'm doing the same workouts week after week, month after month because they're basic lifts and that's what's going to get you to build what you need to do. People overcomplicate things with the supplements. Like you said before, with the workouts, with what you're seeing on Instagram, they make it Mm -hmm. too complicated. The more basic and more simple you keep it, the more likely you are to follow it and the more beneficial it's going to be for what your
1: goals are. Okay. Now I also have another follow-up question for that one. So as, as a woman going into the gym, especially someone who was like just starting to lift. You walk in, like you said, you're overwhelmed by all of the machines. You're like, where do I start? You know, I want to work out this and this. Like, is this good? How do I use this machine? Oh, I have to change this piece out for this. And, you know, it's, it's confusing. So if you've never really been experienced of that, and then you have to – have, well you don't have to but someone comes up to you another guy comes up to you and is like hey do you need help with that you need a spotter do you need like someone tries to come up and talk to you and you're like no I'm just, I'm just here to work out like I just I don't need any help I'll figure it out do you ever or did you ever find that you would have guys come up to you and like try to talk to you and just like just you know disrupt your workouts and things like that and you're like like leave me alone have you ever had to deal with yeah. that
2: I think that's one of the most frustrating things as a woman in the gym. I don't get that now, thankfully. And I never got the creepy let me hit on you as much as it was the let me try to intimidate you off of a machine because I want to use it. And I see that a lot. And that's very upsetting. Yeah. That men will see a female at the gym who might not look as confident. They even do it to other guys. It's not just females, but I do see it a lot with females. And Mm -hmm. they'll be like, super rude and aggressive and stand there and try to intimidate someone off of a machine that they want to use. So there's not that same level of respect. And as a female, you need to walk into that gym knowing you have every right as the guys there to be there. I mean that when, when I started bodybuilding, I had to put that in my head that I've already kind of gotten past the stereotypical, I'm going to use booty bands and like, train like a female should train like my hands are calloused I do wear a lifting belt like there there is that stereotypical like the female should be over here using the cute little pink weights and the men could be over there using like the heavy equipment and Mm -hmm. that 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 needs to stop there's the place for everyone at the gym and if you're going to go into the gym and bully someone or intimidate them then you need to cancel your membership and go home because you have mental issues that you need to take care of and that that comes first but So women don't let guys intimidate. You don't let them be creepy and hit on you. Like you're there for a reason. I'm not approachable at the gym. Shocking. I know if you know me, you're like, oh, really? I've had friends, like one of my good friends actually would tell me like, listen, I'd see you at the gym and I wouldn't even want to say hi to you because you are so in the zone. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: if you don't know what you're doing, it's okay to ask for help. Like, I think that's the biggest thing I started getting into working out. And I had people going to the gym with me that were already into working out. So it made me more comfortable because I had someone else there with me, Mm -hmm. but they were also showing me how to use all of the equipment that I wanted to learn how to use and know what muscles I was training. So don't be afraid to ask for help. I really think like, listen, you want to get into it? Ask one of your friends who works out. Hey, listen, don't need you to train me, but just come to the gym with me and show me. And you you automatically feel a little bit more confident just having someone else there with Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So don't let men intimidate
0: you. Yeah, it's funny. You you posted the other day something about you know people showing up at the gym for uh, New Year's. Obviously, a lot of people are, and we did a whole episode about uh, New Year's resolutions and how everybody's fired up for the next. But like people do taper off, and part of it is intimidation at the gym. Like if I if I had six hundred pounds to lose, I would feel really intimidated walking into your average gym. You know, guy, girl, whoever it is. So so you know. It, it's always a factor guys get intimidated by other guys who are much bigger than them girls get nervous cuz guys are creepy and that's just a truth mel and i went away what, two weeks ago now we went to dc mm-hmm. and there was a gym there and of course i was like i want to go to the gym and i want and i would love for you to come with so we you know we go in there and there's another couple and they're working out and as soon as i walked in the other dude looks at me and i'm like all right easy tiger cuz there's only like there was one weight rack. Space. It was a very small space, but we worked it out, like without even talking to each other. And then, you know, the girl I think approached you, and she's like, "Do you need this? Like, I'm done with it. Like that yeah. kind. Of, that's the kind of mentality. We're all there to work out. We're mm-hmm. all there to make ourselves better. We're all there to be healthy. Like, calm down. Everybody just needs to calm down.
1: Yeah, just having that <laughs> decorum, that that level of respect for everyone that's there, because you don't know what their battles are, and if they have some, you know, mental issues that they're working on, maybe that's how they get, you know their their mind's straight Mm -hmm. you know that's what they use as an outlet if they're stressed out
2: I mean when I first really started going back to the gym I had gone through a really bad breakup I was in a very emotionally abusive relationship and the gym served the purpose of that mental outlet that I needed so everyone in that gym is going through something like you just said and I think when you're about to get frustrated with someone and I mean yeah there are groups of people that go to the gym and they're obnoxious and it's just they're there to socialize and fool around and they're not there for the same focus that you are so that does become frustrating but they're people and there's a level of respect that needs to be maintained and I think you always when you see a new face at the gym you need to remind yourself like I was that person once Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. at the gym once and I know if I was at the gym and someone said something to me And I got upset or I felt self-conscious. I probably never would have stepped back in the gym again. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that, like how you treat people, especially this time of year at the gym can determine where their level of fitness goes for the rest of the year. Are they never going to come back in that gym again because they don't want to see you or they don't want to be judged for what they're doing? Or are they going to remember, Oh, Hey, that person who's been at the gym working out who looks great, just gave me a compliment and made me feel super comfortable being here. So the way you treat other people really, really makes a big difference and you don't want to ever like deter or push someone away from something that they're trying to work on just because you have your own goals. Like yeah, they have every right to be there just as much as you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So we're running a little over our time, but you know, whatever it's our <laughs> show, we get to do whatever we want. Yeah. So we, we do have one last question. It's my favorite last question to ask anybody because basically this show is about telling stories and about connecting with people with interesting, you know, just outlooks on life, different outlooks on life and where they're going. So the the last question we got to ask is what is your goal for the rest of the year? What are we going to see you do next?
2: Oh, hmm. so if you know me and you both do, I keep my preps and my competition plans super, super quiet, but just know the goal is to get back on a national stage again this year. And my personal goal at this point is, I mean, I would love to become a pro But my goal is to be my last package that I brought to the stage and be better this year than I was last year. So if all the stars align and I do happen to get a pro card. That would be great. But I want to make sure that I can do even better this prep than I did last year. So that is my personal goal to beat my best from 2021 in 2022.
1: I love it.
0: Yeah, I think so. That sounds great. Like we're excited to see it. We'll be uh, obviously rooting for you either, either hit the stage in the audience ourselves, hopefully one day, or if not, you know, all the text messages and Snapchats and, and pictures of our cat. Yeah. (laughs) Motivating Kristen on stage. But so that's going to wrap us up. Kristen, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to us. We really do appreciate it. We were very excited to have you on.
2: Thank you, guys. This was exciting. This is my first podcast interview, so this was a lot
0: oh, of fun. I, so you know, nice easy transition for when you become like world famous bodybuilding champion of the world, yeah, and when you'll she's remember your when she's a pro, she'll and remember. Like, I did that her. one podcast. I don't remember <laughs> too much about it. And we like,
1: please just give us like twenty five minutes.
0: Twenty five minutes. <laughs> All right, we'll let you go, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you so much, guys. Bye, man, Kristen.
0: Kristen is like my best buddy. I, I love Kristen. She's, she's really so awesome. She's just such a badass. Like, and yeah, you know, it's funny. Like I've known Kristen, you know, for about 10 years, obviously a little bit longer than I've known you dear. And a lot longer. A lot longer. And like we mentioned during the show to Kristen and I started off at a very similar point. Like we were kind of working out, we were kind of taking care of ourselves and then we started doing tough mudder and her and I really just kind of clicked and bonded over stuff like that. And it, I'm so proud of her. Like someone am- amazed by her and, you know, she was kinda of telling us some of the stuff that she does outside, like she's, you know, with school and work and this and that. And she's just, I wanna go work out. Like I feel kind of pumped right now.
1: Well, I think one of the one of the coolest things about Kristen, besides the fact that she has two of the most adorable kittens, is she's able to balance all of these really awesome things. You know, she's going back to school, she's teaching, she's training, she's competing. She ha- she's a cat mom, you know, like, and she has a social life where she can go out and see her friends. She has a boyfriend. Like all of those things are, are very important to just human fulfillment, I think. But the balance of it all is just really, really inspiring. Because if she can balance all of those things, I can figure out how I need to balance like three things in my life.
0: Well, you and I, you and I are famous for we're we're really good like during the week we're we're busy we're structured to a point we've gotten better at not just sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix when we get home no not 100% but better or mm-hmm. at least something it's just the weekends roll around we just don't want to do anything and then it's sunday afternoon and we're like we got to do all the things
1: yeah i mean i think definitely time management is a huge huge component of that and then just you know trying to get better but i i do love that you know you and ronnie had a conversation about how new years resolutions are bullshit because I am a big advocate for that you know it's nice to have like you know a new a new clean slate a new year and all that stuff but you don't necessarily need a new year in order to start something new whatever your you know whatever adventure you might be going on whether it's you know competing working out going back to school starting a new job you don't need that it's it it just seems so final like oh okay December 31st like end of the year good job what did you do this year okay I did this Okay, well, what do you want to do next year? Like, it's good to have goals, absolutely. But I don't think you ever have to wait for a certain date Mm -hmm. in order to do that. I know we always joke about, like, diet starts on Monday and or, you know, on Monday, we're going to start doing this. Like, you don't need that. It's so, I I feel like there's too much pressure. Like, if you want to start something, like, okay, plan it out and then start it that day or start it the next day and just get it going because you have to start somewhere. Otherwise, you're not going to have any, you know, any actual changes Mm -hmm. happening.
0: Uh, this was awesome. This was a, a great second week for our uh, health and fitness month of January and mm-hmm. just kind of talking to other people. We'll be back next week. We do have another special guest, hopefully, question mark, or it's going to yeah. be me and Ronnie talking about how New Year's resolutions are still bullshit. How's everybody doing week three? That'll be it. That'll be the episode. But uh, also, big thanks for producer Melanie for jumping in. It was kind of a last minute uh, request on on my half.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, You know, I, I I've been wanting to pick Kristen's brain for for a long time you know so it was nice to be able to do that and mm-hmm. and to be able to share it with you know all the listeners i think is going to be really great too because she had a lot of you know knowledge nuggets i'll call them yeah to share
0: that's also like you can get like any any gym meathead to come onto the show and be like i do protein increase and that's not to say anything poorly about people who have a certain gym lifestyle but to have a, a female a strong you know intellectual female who also does these these national competitions and also somebody who I'm gonna do a competition. All right, here's your regional and national competitions. Like, oh, oh, oh shit. Okay, and mm-hmm. who did really well and succeeded? Like. You know, obviously she has an incredible amount of knowledge at this point so it was great to have her on and great mm-hmm. to have you on producer Melanie as oh, always it was
1: great to be here
0: and that'll wrap us up for today don't forget you can find more of our content at themisfitfaction.com there you'll find links to all of our different shows our social medias including Melanie's uh, on Bibliophiles Assemble you can also find us on Facebook The Misfit Faction uh, Multiverse Fancast Cinematic Adventures anywhere that you guys are on you'll probably find something of us so thank you guys for listening that's going to wrap us up today I'm Paul and I'm Melanie